More than two years after January 6th, the worst day in the history of the world. Two years later, House Republicans have finally obtained security camera footage of what actually happened in the Capitol that day. The Republicans got the footage. They gave it to Tucker Carlson and his producers to investigate and release. And congressional Democrats are not happy about it. Last night, millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. With contempt for the facts, disregard of the risks, and knowing full well he was lying, lying to his audience, Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. By diving deep into the waters of conspiracy and cherry-picking from thousands of hours of security footage, Mr. Carlson told the bold-faced lie that the Capitol attack, which we all saw with our own eyes, was somehow not an attack at all. And he's going to come back tonight with another segment. Fox News should tell him not to. Fox News, Rupert Murdoch, Tell Carlson not to run a second segment of lies. You know it's a lie. You've admitted it's a lie. Do not play the clips. The videos are a lie. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Who are you going to believe? Chuck Schumer or your own lying eyes? I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday is from Jim Lubkin, who says, it's sad to see poor old Gotham descend into crime and mayhem. We can all blame Michael's mother for not letting him identify as Batman. Funny you mention that. When I was four years old, I did in fact identify as Batman. I know a lot of conservatives, they, they say that as a joke when we're talking about gender ideology. I actually did. I was at my friend's birthday party when I was four, and there was this period of some weeks when I insisted everyone call me Batman. And my mother and our friends did indulge this for a period of some weeks when I was four years old. Had this persisted until I was 14 years old, 24 years old, 34 years old, uh, then it would be less cute. And then there would be less reason to indulge it. So fortunately, Mama nipped that one right in the bud, okay? They don't, maybe they don't make them like her anymore, okay? Maybe that, when you want to find the very best people, you got to check out ZipRecruiter. It can be hard to find the best people, but not with ZipRecruiter. If you are hiring, you can quickly find the right person. Head on over to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, and try it for free. ZipRecruiter's matching technology excels at finding the most qualified candidates for a wide range of roles. You see a candidate you like, you can easily send them a personal invitation so they're more likely to apply. Their user-friendly dashboard makes it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates all from one place. Let ZipRecruiter help you find the best people for all of your roles. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See for yourself. It's very, very simple. You go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. You can try it for free. ZipRecruiter is the absolute smartest way to hire. And when you are running a business, you know that the biggest, most important investment you're going to make is in personnel. Personnel is policy. Don't waste time. Don't waste money. ZipRecruiter.com slash Knowles. The liberals are not very happy. They're, they're having a very angry week. They're losing it. They're calling everybody Nazis. They're saying 
this is the end of the world, the end of democracy, the end of the republic, not just because some people think men and women are different, but uh, also because some people uh, want to see the footage from January 6th. We were told that January 6th was the greatest insurrection, the worst nearer coup d'etat in the history of the world. And we've only seen little clips of the footage, little clips that the establishment press are willing to let us see, the little clips that the Democrats in Congress, when they had control of Congress, allowed us to look at. And I made this point on the show just a few days ago. I said, when you read a news story, the first question that you ask should not be about the details of the story itself. The first question you should ask is, why is this story being presented to me? And why is it being presented to me right now? That's the, that's the meta news, meta political question that you've got to ask. Chuck Schumer said in his remarks, begging Fox News, please don't let Tucker play the tape that proves us all to be liars. Chuck Schumer said, we all saw the insurrection. No, we didn't all see the insurrection. All we saw was a handful of clips that you Democrats curated very specifically to give the impression that January 6th was the worst coup d'etat ever. Now, now that the Republicans took charge of the Congress, Kevin McCarthy has access to that footage, and he released 41,000 hours of it to Tucker Carlson. And Tucker Carlson's investigators have gone through that footage, and now they're presenting us with a fuller picture. And the fuller picture shows that what we were told simply was not true. Up to and including the QAnon shaman, you know, the guy with the, the horn hat, painted face, screaming, yelling. He, he was the, the, the king. He was the one who was going to declare himself king, tear up the constitution, create a new government, right? That, that was what was supposed to happen. Well, it turns out that guy was escorted through the Capitol by Capitol Police. Jacob Chansley became the face of January 6th, a dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tapes show that Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. It doesn't look like an insurrection to me. The images that you were presented with was of a, of a guy leading a crusade, a violent mob that was killing police officers. Remember they told you that? They told you they killed police officers. That was a complete lie. Only one person died in political violence on January 6th. That was Ashley Babbitt. That was one of the Trump supporters who was shot by a trigger-happy cop. What about the rest of the story? What about the story about the cops being murdered? Tucker's got tape on that too. And killing several police officers in the meantime. But Brian Sicknick should not be reduced to a prop for the political ambitions of the Democratic Party. He was a human being. The facts of his life matter, including how he died. To this day, media accounts describe Sicknick as someone who was, quote, slain on January 6th. 
The video we reviewed proves that is a lie. Here is surveillance footage of Sicknick walking in the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by the mob outside. By all appearances, Sicknick is healthy and vigorous. He's wearing a helmet, so it's hard to imagine he was killed by a head injury. Whatever happened to Brian Sicknick was very obviously not the result of violence he suffered at the entrance to the Capitol. This tape overturns the single most powerful and politically useful lie the Democrats have told us about January 6th. And it was indeed a lie. The January 6th committee knew perfectly well that Brian Sicknick was walking normally through the Capitol after he was supposedly murdered by Trump supporters. There it is. And, and the whole rest of the Tucker report is terrific. Coincidentally, I actually happened to be on Tucker's show at the very end of the show when this was going on. And, the, and they had asked me to come on the show to talk about all the crazy defamation where the libs accused me of genocide. And they mentioned, they said, Michael, we, we really want to get the story in, but w we might be a little tight on time because we're doing a big January 6th report. I said, I had just forgotten about the tapes. I said, huh, why are, why are you doing a January 6th report on this March 6th and years later? And then because of this, because the same footage can tell a completely different story depending on who is constructing that narrative. And the, the great irony here is that the libs use this one phrase. They, they used a few phrases, insurrection. And, but the one phrase they kept using ever since the 2020 election was the big lie. This was the, the propaganda line that all of the left-wing voices in the media, in politics, they would all say, it was the big lie. Trump and his supporters were spreading the big lie. And they use that phrase because that phrase is associated with Hitler and the Nazis. The irony is they, they don't realize that that phrase was actually used by Hitler to accuse the Jews of telling a big lie about a German general and World War I. So if you are using the phrase, the big lie, if you are accusing someone of the big lie, you are putting yourself in the place of the Nazis, the Democrats, not particularly historically literate. So that irony was lost on them. And then of course they, they harp on lie, 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 lie. Who was, who was putting forward such a lie? Very often when people, when the Democrats in particular accuse Republicans of something, you can, you can, Take it to the bank that the Democrats are probably doing that themselves. And you can, you can see this in the case of January 6th. There's more to come. I can see why Chuck Schumer is begging Tucker, please don't air it. Please, Rupert Murdoch, stop Tucker. Please, Kevin McCarthy, stop Tucker. Stop them from exposing what so many people knew from the very beginning. It was a show. It was a show. I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. All the world is a stage. Politics is a really big stage. People were presented with a fictional narrative. Now that narrative is being corrected, and you will never see the libs push back harder than when their narratives fall apart. That's why they call people Nazis. That's why they accuse people of genocide. That's why they say they're threats to democracy. When you are getting those threats made against you, when you are having those accusations thrown at you, you know you are hovering right over the target. You know who hovers over the target in so many of our cultural battles? Prager you. Many Americans have lost faith in the government, media, and schools. The good news is that there's something you can do to help get the country back on track. Prager U is an educational nonprofit that is fighting to save the future of America. 
Obviously, Daily Wire has worked very closely with PragerU. I host a show on PragerU. I've appeared in many PragerU videos. PragerU has watched five million times a day. PragerU's videos spread messages of liberty, economic freedom, and the values that have built up our country, Jewish values, Christian values. There truly is hope for America, but only if we reach more young people, and PragerU needs your help. Go to PragerU.com, make a tax-deductible donation. Whatever you give right now will be matched and have twice the impact. Donate $10, it doubles to $20. i am no math major, but I think that's what it means. Give $50, it becomes $100, you get the idea. Go to PragerU.com to make a tax-deductible donation. Whatever you give will be doubled. The Democrats very often accuse the Republicans of doing the very same thing that they are doing. This is nothing new, and we're seeing it particularly on the matter of domestic terrorism. For years, the Democrats said the conservatives on January 6th committed domestic terrorism. No, now from the footage we're seeing, actually, most of them just seem to be having a tour, sometimes a guided tour by Capitol Police officers through the Capitol. Meanwhile, meanwhile, an attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center, the SPLC, uh, was arrested recently among 23 people for a coordinated attack, domestic terrorism, in which far left-wing agitators allegedly threw Molotov cocktails and launched fireworks and an Atlanta police training facility that has been under construction. One of those people arrested Thomas Jurgens, 28 years old, a staff attorney at the SPLC. So not some random contractor, not some guy who did some volunteer work one time, a staff attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. What is the attack? Well, according to Atlanta Police Chief Sharbaum, this was a very violent attack, very violent attack. This wasn't about a police public safety training center. This was about anarchy, and we are addressing that quickly. According to the Georgia Department of Public Safety, some left-wing agitators even tried blinding police officers by shining green lasers in their eyes. And, and when I say blind, I don't mean temporarily blind. Those high-powered green lasers can permanently blind you. They were throwing explosives at them, and one of them was a staff attorney for the SPLC, which is the, an organization that works with Google, Twitter, Facebook, Amazon to censor conservatives. The SPLC is considered one of the trusted groups to make sure that no violent extremists far right-wing domestic terrorists are allowed to spread their message online. If the SPLC employs this guy, the SPLC is a terror group. <laughs> They're trying to downplay it. Too. They're saying, he, oh, he was just in a bad crowd. He was just, he just kind of happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. When you, when you go to the SPLC and you, you look at who they are, it says, what we do, the first link is fighting hate. Meanwhile, one of their staff attorneys is palling around with guys as they're throwing Molotov cocktails at, uh, at, at police facilities. The, and this is how the blob works. This is how they censor us. They, <laughs> they get their domestic terrorists <laughs> to accuse us normal, peaceful guys who just want society to be normal of being terrorists. That's how they do it. And they, and, and they probably won't have to answer for this. I bet that SPLC will keep its partnerships with these big tech giants. And you have very little recourse because if this were being done by the state, then you could vote the bums out, at least in theory. You could call your congressman. You could call your senator. But what the liberals have done is the liberals in government, because they know that they can't quite violate the First Amendment brazenly yet, they outsource their censorship to big technology companies and 
Big tech doesn't want to take the heat, so they outsource it to the left-wing agitative groups. And so the liberals in government get all the censorship of conservatives they want, but everyone's hands are relatively clean and there's no recourse. That's the brave new world. We talk a lot about the Great Reset, how people like the World Economic Forum and other groups are pushing for a great reset of our society so that you'll eat bugs, live in pods, you'll own nothing and be happy. And a lot of people don't understand how this is going to work in practice. I mentioned this at the very end of the show yesterday. Well, Ford just showed us a little bit. Ford Motor Company filed a patent for new systems and methods to repossess a vehicle. And what would happen is that if you are late on your car payment, Ford could go in remotely, disable functionality of a component of the vehicle, maybe place the vehicle in a lockout condition, So you can't get into your own car and then the repo man can come and take it. Maybe the car just drives itself away and and repossesses itself. The application describes multiple implementations of the system, disabling the air conditioning system, a remote key fob, and an automated door lock unlock system. Using the stereo to emit an incessant and unpleasant sound every time the owner is present in the vehicle. And I wasn't just making it up, using self-driving technology to cause the vehicle to go right back to the creditor. That's what the Great Reset looks like in real life. The way it looks in real life is not that everybody all of a sudden is going to vote for Klaus Schwab to be king of the world. The way it looks in real life is not even that Klaus Schwab and Bill Gates and George Soros and all the figures who are legitimately pretty bad hombres, it's not that they're going to just openly come in and and transparently take political power. It's just going to seep into your technology. I, I mentioned this probably a month ago now, with this little-known story about the Australian e-safety commissioner for the internet, who is pushing something called safety by design. Safety by design is now being peddled by the Australian government and by the World Economic Forum. And the, the plan here is not to push for new censorship of speech through different governments or even international institutions. It's to embed the censorship of conservative ideas straight into the tech platforms. And if one or two governments calls for this, and if the World Economic Forum with its massive network calls for this, then big tech is just going to implement it. It's not going to implement it just for one country or another. It's going to be for everybody. So the censorship is going to happen from the very from the very moment of communication. And there's not going to be any recourse to it. If If you have a car that can drive itself away from you, if you have a car that can start blaring terrible noise when you get into it, then you don't really have a car, do you? You don't really own a car. I had this thought with, with the stupid seatbelt beeps. Even years ago, I'd get in my car, maybe I'm kind of rushed, you know, I'd start pulling out. I'm going to put my seatbelt on a little later. Or maybe I'm just going right down the road. I don't need to put my seatbelt on. And what happens? You're driving away and you hear beep, 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 beep. Put your seatbelt on, Michael. Beep, 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 beep. And you say, hey, hold on. Who, who is in charge here? Am I in charge of my car or is my car in charge of me? Do I tell my car what to do? I say, hey, car, go and drive and go forward. Or does my car say, put that seatbelt on or I'm going to keep beeping in your ear? How much more so will we see that when the car can drive itself away from you? For what purpose? Maybe it's because you don't pay your creditor. Okay, well, that might be a fine reason. Maybe it's because you tweeted something that was a little politically incorrect. Maybe it's because you were with that terrible, violent insurrectionist mob at the Capitol on January 6th. I think you lose car privileges if that happens. We talk so much about China having a social credit score and China punishing political dissidents. It's a good old blues song. Before you accuse me, take a look at yourself. 
Do we, do we not have that in America? Sometimes I think we do. Increasingly, we do. Speaking of owning nothing and being happy, speaking of redistributing money at the very least, California is proposing a plan for reparations for slavery. You've heard these ideas floated on the far left fringes in recent decades. Well, now it looks like it's pretty close to being implemented. The irony is that it might first be implemented in a state that never had slavery. Not only a state that never had slavery, but a state for which the decision not to have slavery was one of the motivating factors for the Civil War. But California is now looking into it. The the amount of money that this uh, state committee is considering giving to each eligible recipient is 50% more than the amount that was floated as the highest possibility last year. If you are fortunate enough to be a black person in the state of California, you might soon find yourself the recipient of $360,000, all because one of your ancestors maybe was a slave somewhere other than California, all paid for by the California taxpayers today. People who came here or whose ancestors very likely came here long after slavery existed, people whose ancestors did not practice slavery, even if they were some of the original Californians, they will pay you $360,000. And by the way, the number could be a lot higher depending on what city you are in. So now we're all going to have to talk to each other. We're going to have to figure out how do we identify as black and how do we move to California? When you want to talk to your friends, you got to check out Pure Talk. Right now, go to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles. When times get tough, money is tight. Who can you rely on? Did you know that Pure Talk saves the average family over $900 a year when they switch from Verizon, ATT, or T-Mobile? Instead of paying a fortune with your current cell provider every single month, cut your bill in half with Pure Talk. You get unlimited talk, text, plenty of data for just 30 bucks a month for the same service. Pure Talk is so sure that you're going to love their service. They're backing it up with a 100% money-back guarantee. Switch over to Pure Talk in as little as 10 minutes while keeping your phone and your phone number. Their U.S.-based customer service team makes the switch super easy. Just the fact that the customer service team is U.S.-based to me is enough reason to switch, but you're going to save a lot of money. You're going to get the same great service. It's a veteran-owned company that shares your beliefs. It's an antidote to woke wireless companies. Head on over to puretalk.com, enter promo code Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S, to save 50% off your first month. That is puretalk.com, promo code Knowles. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. If you live anywhere in the state of California and you're a black guy who can claim any even tenuous connection to slavery, you could be the recipient of up to $360,000. If you live in San Francisco, you might be eligible for $5 million. So good incentive to move over to San Francisco. California, by the way, has a state budget deficit of about $25 billion this year. Many cities also short of money in California. I'm really glad that these, that these studies and committees are out there now because it proves something that many of us have known from the very beginning of this reparations nonsense, but I think is quite clear now. There is no limiting principle on reparations. If, if the proposal were, give every black person in America 
even the Rachel Dolezals, even the people who aren't really black, but they identify as black. Anybody, anybody, just give anybody who's really into racial grievance, give them $360,000, give them $5 million. And then that's it. And then that's it. The deal is you get $5 million, but then you have to shut up about racial grievance. You can't bring it up again. If that were the deal, everybody in the country would go for it. I, I certainly would. Oh, if that were, I don't care if it's a trillion dollars that it costs. If the deal were you get $5 million and then you need to shut your trap about racial grievance every single day of the week, every pro, you stub your toe, it's because of white supremacy or whatever. Okay, f- great. Five million, have, have $6 million. Okay, fine. But we all know that's not the case. We all know that's not the case because one, Money does not buy happiness. Money does not solve all problems. Money does not even solve many problems. Money's a fine thing to have in its proper place. I certainly enjoy having money rather than not having money when it can be put to good use. But this is not merely a physical world. And the the, the important things in life are much deeper than that. Uh, Two, if a state that didn't even have slavery is now the epicenter of this debate. You know there's no limiting principle. There is no limiting principle at all. And so I would recommend to California that the reparations amount should be zero dollars and zero cents. But I'm no longer a California resident, even though I happen to be in California right now on the road for a very fun and special little project. Uh, I, I would not recommend that. And I would recommend, unless you are black and you can really claim the five million, in which case, hey, good for you. <laughs> Enjoy, but if you're if if you're uh, gonna plan on a long term strategy of raising a family somewhere, I would not recommend California. Things are not looking very great there. Gavin Newsom, however, the, the governor of California who wants to run for president, he claims California is the freedom state. He's in a big spat right now with Governor Ron DeSantis over in Florida. Governor DeSantis says that he is a model of freedom in America. Newsom says, that's BS. That's not true. So DeSantis was just in California for a speech at the Reagan Library. Ron DeSantis ran an ad and the ad said, welcome to the real freedom state. Feel free to read a book, get health care, say gay. What does that mean? When he says, feel free to read a book, he's talking about the the bans that Florida has instituted in schools uh, on gay pornography. So Ron DeSantis, he has banned books. That's true. That's a real criticism that you can make of him. I think I don't think it's a criticism. I think that's something he deserves praise for. These banned books, specifically gay porn in schools. And uh, Gavin Newsom, rather, is saying, well, here in California, you can read gay porn wherever you want. You can, boy, you can read it at the library. You can read it in the elementary schools. You can get all sorts of gay porn you want. Then he says the next example of freedom is you can get health care. The freedom to what? Maybe you get some service from the state, but what happens when the state provides health care? In the places where this is practiced, the, the quality of the health care plummets. Ask anybody from the United Kingdom, ask anybody from Canada. Some people you can't ask in Canada because they've died while they're waiting to get health care. And what's the solution to that, by the way? When, when the supply of health care is, is much smaller than the demand for healthcare in Canada. One, people die waiting to get surgeries, but two, the state encourages people to kill themselves. That's why you're seeing a big push among Canadian politicians for MAID, medic, medical assistance in dying. It's just doctor-assisted suicide. We say, oh, you're poor, you're a drain on society, you should probably kill yourself. 
and it's, and it's exploding in Canada. It's not one or two people. It's a huge, huge problem. So that's the, 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 the freedom to have the state tell you to kill yourself. And then the third one, say gay. And of course, no state bans anybody from saying the word gay. You can even sing the word gay. You can say, I'm pretty, oh, so pretty, pretty and witty and gay. You can sing it anywhere you want, any of these 50 states. But when they say, say gay, they mean have five-year-olds taught about weird gay stuff and transgender and all the rest of it. California, oh, we'll trans your kids in preschool. You, you've got the freedom. You've got the freedom to tell your kid to chop his genitals off when he's five years old. That's freedom, right? Okay, that's a vision of freedom. That is a vision of freedom from the left, and Gavin Newsom is owning it. Ron DeSantis has a different vision of freedom. He was just asked on television by Sean Hannity about Gavin Newsom's claim to be the freedom state, and specifically, they, they took this in the direction of the fight over illegal immigration. Here's what DeSantis had to say. In Florida, we're not a sanctuary state. When I became governor, we were able to ban sanctuary cities. Uh, the rule of law is important. And so, of course, we're not going to recognize uh, lawless uh, identifications that are done uh, by California. And California, they've abandoned the rule of law. They are a sanctuary state. They don't follow federal immigration laws. And of course, these Soros prosecutors, uh, they pick and choose which laws to enforce. There'll be people in Los Angeles who will get mugged, Sean, on the street and the prosecutor won't bring charges against these guys, and they end up going out and they victimize other people. So uh, I think public safety is incredibly important. And when you abandon the rule of law, you end up getting a lot of the results that they've had in California, and people respond by fleeing the jurisdiction. I love this answer from DeSantis. And I know he's speaking specifically here about immigration and then leading that into street crime a little bit. But, but the answer, I think, suffices for his whole view of freedom which is that freedom comes within the bounds of law. Gavin Newsom's argument is that true freedom comes from licentiousness. And that's the great debate of our age. There are some people who say the great political debate of our age is between capitalism and socialism. Or the the great political debate of our age is between freedom and slavery. I don't know. No. No. The great political debate of our age is between two polar opposite conceptions of freedom. Is freedom the ability to do whatever you want according to your individual appetites and desires? That's what the left says. Or is freedom the ability to repress some of your desires in favor of an exalted freedom? The freedom to walk down the street without fear of being mugged because people are following the law, the freedom to control your sexual passions or your desire for food or booze or anything else, the freedom to not have to be in a culture infested with drugs, the freedom to to say no to those drugs. That involves laws against drugs. Not the freedom to just go into any country willy-nilly, whatever you want, because borders don't exist. No, the freedom to rely on your borders, to know that you have a distinct political community with a citizenry that can govern itself, that higher political kind of freedom. That's the debate. These two guys are right now running the, the shadow campaign for president. The two leading candidates for president right now are Joe Biden on the Democrat side and Donald Trump on the Republican side. Both of those candidates are relatively aged. Obviously, Biden seems much older than Trump, but they're both both there. Uh, 
If Biden does not run, Gavin Newsom is currently the leading candidate to replace him. Kamala's going nowhere. Buttigieg is a joke. So Newsom is, is the top runner. And DeSantis, as you can see, according to all of the polls, is the number two guy in the GOP field. So the race will still probably be Trump versus Biden. At least that's what the polls show right now. But if it's not, you could have a very honest debate between two young candidates, both governors of their own states. You can look at the record in those states. You can look at which way the moving vans are going. You can look at where people are flourishing. You can look at where the economy is doing well, where social life is doing well, where families are growing. Which conception of freedom do you want to live under? Do you want to just do whatever you want? George Bernard Shaw, I think it was Shaw, described hell as the place where you have nothing to do but amuse yourself. Well, that's California. (laughs) Read whatever gay porn you want. Do whatever drugs you want. Defecate on whatever sidewalk you want to. Or is is freedom uh, the ability to live a flourishing life? The right to do what you ought to do, in the words of Lord Acton. It's a good debate. It's an honest debate to have. I don't even blame Newsom. He's honest about his view. His view just happens to be hideous. Jordan Peterson has completed the second half of his extraordinary 16-part seminar in the book of Exodus. He is joined by a group of esteemed scholars, theologians, and artists to discuss one of the most important books of the Bible. Episode 9 is streaming now on Daily Wire Plus. This is an incredibly enlightening series that will help you not only understand Exodus, but who God is. Watch this and you will see what I mean. You have the God that is that spirit that you walk unselfconsciously with in a perfect garden, right? Say when you're when you're when you're when you're abiding by yourself appropriately, and then you have the God in um, the story of Cain and Abel that judges you when you make improper sacrifices, and you have the God that calls you to protect your community when storms beckon, and it's metonymy, right? It's the juxtaposition of these stories to flesh out the idea that all these spirits unite in some in some unified and transcendent spirit but then you have the problem is that unified and transcendent spirit can become so abstract that it's incomprehensible that's the deus abscondus problem that Mircea Elliot Elliot talked about the potential for God to become just a spiritual abstraction and then to disappear into space and then you have the other problem is that If God, the spirit that guides us, is conceptualized as the union of all possible virtues, then it also becomes a judge that's so harsh that no one can bear its judgment. So that brings up the problem of differentiation. And that's, you said, that's partly what's being... And God has to descend onto the mountain too before he can talk to Moses. So he has to take himself down a peg or two in some sense. Episode 9 is available now and new episodes are coming online every week but it's all exclusive for Daily Wire Plus members. Also, don't miss out on our full library of Jordan Peterson content, including Dragons, Monsters, and Men, Vision and Destiny, Marriage, Logos and Literacy, and the Beyond Order Tour. Join now, dailywire.com slash subscribe to watch Exodus. The libs are going to fight very hard to preserve their perverted vision of liberty. You see this with the Congressman Jamal Bowman. Jamal Bowman is a Democrat congressman from New York. And Jamal Bowman had some choice words to say about yours truly, me, your beloved podcast host. Congressman Bowman said, quote, Michael Knowles is a Nazi hell-bent 
on keeping only white men alive and in power. We cannot allow him and others to push their evil agenda, and we must stand up for the transgender rights. CPAC has made one thing clear this year. They support a future run by Nazis like Knowles. This is, this is kind of funny. I did laugh when I saw this. doesn't make a whole lot of sense. He's angry because I said that boys and girls are different and we shouldn't tolerate the transgender ideology in public. We should eradicate it from public life entirely because the ideology is false. It's a false anthropology and so we shouldn't tolerate it. Very simple. And that somehow, somehow this means I want only the white, white men to live. When did I, did, how did, I don't think race came up once in the speech, but this is the trick. Anytime you say anything that the libs disagree with, they try to call you a white supremacist. That doesn't always work. There's one great example of this was some left-wing activist called into David Webb's show, David Webb, the the conservative commentator. And David Webb was totally owning this lib with facts and logic. And so the the libs said, well, that's just your white privilege talking. You're just a white privileged racist. And David starts laughing I guess this woman didn't, she couldn't see David. She had never Googled him. David, very much a black guy. But that's what they do. They just say it all the time. It's kind of funny to do it to me because though I guess I am white, the Sicilian people have always been racially somewhat liminal, you know, ethnically a little bit ambiguous. Then a Nazi, where does he get Nazi from? It it is funny, but it's, it's funny only because of the absurdity. It's not, it's not really funny to think of the consequences of this. This is a sitting member of Congress who is defaming a private citizen as a Nazi uh, because that private citizen says that boys and girls are not the same. Nazi is it's the worst thing you can be called. A, a racist is broadly the worst thing you can be called. A Nazi is specifically the worst thing that you can be called. I'm, I'm accused of wanting only white men alive and in power. Obviously, I have no idea where he gets that from. That's, that's really bad. That's really a major, enormous abuse of power by this congressman. And so I would strongly recommend that Kevin McCarthy, the Speaker of the House, and the House Republicans move to censure Jamal Bowman. Because he's doing this to me because I just happened to have have a moment that really irritated the liberals because I told them, no, we were not going to go along with their transgender agenda. They thought they had already won on the transgender issue. They thought we were now just fighting on the fringes. Okay, do we, are we going to trans the eight-year-olds? Or are we going to wait until they turn nine? But they thought on the issue of transgenderism, they, they were convinced they already won. I said, no, you haven't already won. We're going to eradicate this ideology from public life entirely, especially for the good of the people who have fallen prey to it. And the liberals were very upset with that. So now they're calling me all sorts of names. They would, they would do this to anyone. I just happen to be the guy that said it, but they would obviously do it to anyone. I, I would strongly recommend that the House Republicans move to censure Jamal Bowman. This is completely unacceptable. To say nothing of the fact that it makes light of the Holocaust. I mean, it's hideous, hideous remarks to say. I, I kind of have a light attitude about it because people say all sorts of nasty things about me. You know, one of my uh, probably problems in the field of political commentary is I don't get angry almost ever. But, but this is pretty serious stuff. A member of Congress should not be making light of the Holocaust and baselessly calling private citizens Nazis and, and white supremacists and whatever kind of manner of evil uh, he, he can think of. Really, really outrageous and defamatory. But I guess that's the week for that. What are they really fighting for in practice? What is Jamal Bowman? What are the libs all fighting for? They're fighting for one of the most perverse, evil 
ideologies I have ever seen crop up in, in political life. Take a listen. Basically, at about 24 months here, here's where she started grabbing the, um, the tutus and the dresses. By three and a half, Kieran had transitioned to a girl. Today, she's nine years old, a third grader, and an athlete. That's why the Clausens are celebrating Governor Holcomb's decision to veto a bill that would have banned Kieran and other transgender girls from playing on girls' sports teams at school. There were happy tears shed. There was dancing. And when I told Kieran, she squealed with glee. There are people watching this right now who will say people who were born a boy and are living life as a girl are biologically different. So it, it, places, it places them in an unfair advantage. My daughter will never go through male puberty. He says Kieran will undergo hormone therapy to make her no different than any other girl. My kid's mental health is more important than your kid's trophy. That is what it means to allow transgender ideology into public life. That is inevitably what it means. It means that guy, I guess he's the father of this poor little boy. I don't know where the mother is. That's kind of strange. You don't see the mother in any of these pictures. I don't know anything about their family situation other than that when the child was three years old, three years old, he reached for a skirt one day and this psycho started dressing him up as a girl and planning to pump him full of hormones and planning to castrate him so that he would never go through puberty, so that he'll never be able to have children, so that he'll never be able to lead anything even remotely resembling a normal life. This is the inevitable result of indulging transgender ideology at any level. And the reason for that is it's either true or it's not true. You can't ban it for kids without banning it for adults. It's not like R-rated movies. It's not even like porn, which is much harder to ban because the internet is so wild. It's, it's an anthropology it's not just a naughty little thing that some people do, but we tolerate it as a vice in society. It's a statement about human nature. So if it's true, then that, that little boy actually is a little girl. And what that psycho father is doing is totally just. And it's good for the boy's mental health now to call himself a girl. And it's good that he'll be castrated. That's really good for his mental health. Or that anthropology is false. In which case, what that father's doing is evil, about as evil as it gets. But it's got to be true for everybody. That's, how an, that's what anthropology means. That's what human nature means. It's got to be true for everyone. And it's obviously false. And so some people, they have good intentions. They say, well, you know, my cousin's friend is this really messed up dude and he thinks he's a woman and he says it makes him feel better if he, if he pretends to be a woman. And we think, well, oh, I just, I'm so compassionate. I just, I, I really have the best intentions for that man and I want to indulge it. Okay. The road to hell is paved with good intentions. The road to that is paved with good intentions. It's making people miserable. You think that little boy is going to be happier 
You think he's not going to struggle with anxiety, depression, suicidality, all of the conditions that are statistically associated with, with this gender confusion? You think that? You really? No. Nobody thinks that. There's a, there's a study out now. We, we don't have time to totally get into it today. We'll get to it tomorrow. This is a really shocking study. Turns out young liberals are way more depressed than young conservatives. Can you imagine? It's so shocking. Young liberals, especially young liberal girls, are way more depressed than conservatives. But young liberal boys are still more depressed than young conservative girls. It's, it completely breaks down by, by political ideology. So surprising, right? Not quite. Not quite at all. This is the inevitable result. You know, I've been on the road quite a lot recently. I was in Washington, D.C. I have been in Santa Barbara. You may have caught last night I was in a podcast called the Whatever Podcast because I'm hip and cool and young. I'm, I'm basically a Zoomer. Uh, so we will not be able to have a member block on today's show. Uh, but you know, the member block is my absolute favorite part of the show. So I've insisted to Mr. Davies, I've said, I, I'm going to quit if we are not able to do the member block for the rest of the week. I want a fully packed member block. I want to see all my favorites. I want to see Cater Gator pop up. I want to see Arun. I want Margot. I want all the people to pop up in the member. So we will uh, be able to do that when I'm back in town. Uh, and then I'll be going to Buffalo. There's a lot of hubbub. I'm giving a speech in Buffalo. Uh, there are apparently some planned protests. Some local politicians are trying to get it shut down. So if you're in the Buffalo area, I'll be able to see you Thursday night, and then I will be having a debate with Professor Deirdre McCloskey, born Donald McCloskey. He identifies as transgender, uh, but he's a very distinguished professor. He's got three Harvard degrees. He's got six honorary doctorates. He's got all sorts of academic publications. We will be debating uh, gender, the nature of manhood and womanhood. That will be at the University of Pittsburgh. Uh, the libs are also trying to shut that down. Some of the radical trans activists are planning to disrupt the whole thing, scoop up all the tickets and make a big, big fuss about everything. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area, I'll be able to see you there as well. And then I'll be able to see you on the member block again tomorrow. In the meantime, I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you then.